Hi, and welcome to the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Christian Klepp, and one of the founders of Einblick Consulting. Our goal is to share inspirational stories, tips, and insights from B2B marketers, digital entrepreneurs, and industry experts that will help you to think differently, succeed, and scale your business. All right. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast, where you get your weekly dose of B2B marketing insights. This is your host, Christian Klepp, and today I'd like to welcome a guest into the show who is a passionate entrepreneur and B2B marketer experienced in delivering successful product strategies, achieving targets, and building high-performance teams. So, Vedran Rasic, Dobardan i Dobrodošli. Welcome to the show, sir. Yeah, exactly. Trying to reciprocate. Yeah, How's it going? Good, good, good. I've been practicing that one the whole morning, man. So, <laughs> dude, you're you're native, you're native Serbian, Croatian, or Balkan. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. But like Vedran, you know, I really enjoyed. Um, I've been enjoying, in fact, all these conversations that you and I have been having, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So, likewise, my friend, I'm I'm so happy to be here with you. All right, man. So let's just get this started. Um, you know, you. I would say are what many people consider a serial entrepreneur in the B2B SaaS space. <laughs> so I think, I, 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 I mean, it's true, man. It's, it's, it's seriously, like at least from the conversations that we have had. Um, one skill that I think you've definitely perfected over time is the art of running uh, and managing teams remotely. And that is no small feat uh, given, you know, the current period. Um, so for the sake of the interview, uh, why, why don't we try to focus the topic a little bit, uh, like narrow it down a bit further. So it's, in, in terms of managing remote teams and budgets uh, for B2B marketing purposes. So walk us through some of the challenges that you've encountered and uh, how have you addressed them? Yeah, man, I think it's a, it's a great topic. Um, I, I, I'm, you know, I've been a passionate team lead for, I guess, over five years and uh, just generally love working with people and, and, you know, building structures where everyone can grow. Um, and, one thing that I can mention from from like ten years of of my experience of working in, in different multicultural teams, we, we talked about it. You know, worked in Serbia, Austria, Germany, Canada, U.S., basically all across. Um, I international, can tell you my thing. friend. International. Uh, international, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I can tell you one thing, and you know, whether whether you're working in person, yeah. uh, you know, online, remote, or inside the office, the same principles apply. So. People want to grow, they want to improve, they want to be loved, they want to feel that they're part of the community one way or the other, uh, and, and they want to feel appreciated. So if you can build that into your culture, into how you're running teams, I, I truly think it doesn't matter the industry or, or, or the, the, the surroundings, right? Whether, whether you're remote or inside the office, basically the same principles apply. Yes, and yes. I've, been, I've been writing about this, um, you know, how, how, do you, how do you do that? How do you achieve that? Well, you know, I, I like to say rarely delegate a task, delegate a responsibility instead. And obviously, this is not the original thinking. Uh, you know, I think I encountered that for the first time uh, from Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, like very cheesy title for people that haven't read it, but uh, just amazing content all around. I feel that, you know, most management management books that I read, they evolve around that topic of leadership and, and helping your team be better, right? Um, so, so you know, that's that's what I start with. You know, I, I respect my people when I'm hiring them, whether is it like for, for, for like, uh, you know, for a few months 
or full time or, or whatever, or for a particular task, right? I try to group those tasks into a responsibility so that the person feels that this is their thing. They need to deliver that, right? Like with my support and help, obviously. And depending on their experience, uh, you know, sometimes I'm more involved or I'm less involved. But the point is that on you as a lead, uh, it, it's 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 a new to conceive to scope a task and then to delegate it, uh, but as a responsibility, right? Not not as a as a you know single thing. Go do that, right? Like there's right. no meaning in it. But if you mm. if you explain, and so sometimes you know when I'm working with with people for the first time, yeah. uh, you know I, I tend to be boring because I keep repeating myself. I keep you know <laughs> reiterating the same point in different ways uh, because I'm basically trying to get us on the same page. And so you know. That is that is basically the, the 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 initial principle that I start with. Cool, man. I mean, like, no, thanks, thanks so much for sharing that. And I think you you know what you brought up such a great point, and it's um, it's around um, it's around that fact as simple as it might sound. Um, it's it's it, it's in terms of obviously getting you know getting the right talent um, on board, and it's also making them feel like they're part of the team. But I think also more important than that, if I understood you correctly, is make them understand how you know, their efforts and their work contributes to the overall success of the organization, right? Like, I mean, like, it, you know, make them feel like it, this is the role that they have to play in, 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 in the grand scheme of things, correct? Oh, absolutely, man. And, 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 and one thing that I've been testing lately is, you know, if you add uh, monetary value and if you reward people with like with more cash, uh, with better structures, etc., they do not care about it. Um, most of most of the folks and and you know I was thinking hmm bad it might be because you hired these guys and you you know you looked into those qualities and you know you wanted to have people um, you know um, similar different but also similar in in, in 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 you know how they perceive different things and how they do uh, get the job done but no it's actually a lot of people that I haven't hired but they were part of my team or part of other teams is the same thing it's not necessarily about the monetary value. It's not necessarily about, you know, the, 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 those, you know, shiny physical objects that you can see, like such as office or going to different conferences and, you know, those kind of fringe benefits. It's really about the culture, you know, connection with your peers or your cross-functional or functional peers. It, it really comes down to that. Um, and for instance, I'll give you one, one specific example. Um, um, you know, I, I've been doing that for years and, and I read it in a, in, a, in a book, Trillion Dollar Coach, amazing, amazing book, by the way, um, about a guy who influenced like the, the top Silicon Valley um, CEOs. Mm -hmm. um, basically, the, uh, the, the one thing that he, how, how he liked to start uh, his executive meetings and board meetings is basically with something very personal. Right. And so when you get people on a Zoom call, or in a boardroom and you start with something very personal, something related to, to, you know, to their past weekend or week. And there's no small talk. Like it's basically, yeah. you know, something that's important to that person. And you try with questions and you, you, you know, you dig deeper and you, you allow people to express themselves like the, the, the meeting and the job gets done, you know, in, in, in a much more compassionate and better way, because right. other people know, kind of feel that they, they know who you are, right. Mm -hmm. They know if you say something, they know where it's coming from. Yeah. Right. And, and the other way around, you know, there's there's just a lot of friction. And, you know, over years, I, I kind of learned that if we have the basic premise in place, which is we gathered to achieve a certain objective, and we if we are walking towards that objective, then you need to start injecting those personal, um, you know, 
kind of stories and, 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 and personal sharing because then people get connected and, and really they enjoy working. Like I, ha- I had a person telling me the, the other day uh, on my marketing team, she said, I started loving Mondays. You know, you know, Mondays actually are not the struggle for me anymore. No more um, Monday blues. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so, yeah. you know, it, it's just, it's lovely hearing these things because, yeah, because sure. I, I tristically think that your job as, as a B2B marketeer, a leader in your company, whether you're a director, manager, or, or, or C-suite, mm-hmm. like your job is to remove obstacles and let your people shine, right? Right. And that's, right. you know, yeah. Well, spoken like a true leader, my friend. <laughs> Well done, well done. Um, you, you, you know, you, you brought up um, such an interesting point at the beginning, which is something I've also read, um, you know, like online in, you know, from companies like Randstad who are famous for like, you know, HR consulting and whatnot. And, and it is true to a certain degree that monetary compensation and benefits such as like, you know, um, not, not, not necessarily in Canada, but in the US, like with health insurance, those are not the key motivators for employees. Um, those are, to a certain degree, um, expected. But I think uh, what what the what the article was trying to like point to was that um, it has to be more than that now. So I think like to the point, right. you know, to some of the things that you raised, um, you know, can these employees picture themselves growing right. in this company? You know, does the does the company provide a um, a professional development path for them? Are there ways for them to continue getting some kind of training or mentorship if they're younger employees or or people that are starting out in uh, their career and so forth, right? So, right. Mm. And, and absolutely. And, you know, it, it's like, you know, one and what at what one point in time, you know, you have to have lunch <laughs> yes. if you're a bigger company. Right. And that's fine. Yes. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. You know, but all that gets is, you know, I, I read about it like it's, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's that sushi again, you know, on the menu. Ah, you know, I want something yeah. else. Right. So it, it, it doesn't create a real value. You know, it saves time, yeah. et cetera. But like to create real value, you need to create a bond mm-hmm. uh, within your team. Um and, uh, you know, but, but that's Sorry. the first principle, man. Like that's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's basics. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, sure. <clears throat> All right. Um, what, what do you believe is required, um, you know, from your experience to manage teams and budgets successfully in order for B2B SaaS companies to improve, um, specifically their marketing efforts? Right. Um, it's a great question. And, and I feel, you know, it, it, it uh, depends on, you know, whether you are, um, whether you're a startup, you know, or you are like a, you know, company that's been around for like five, 10 years, or you're like a, you know, a startup that's growing at a, at a, at a high pace. Right. Um, so, but what I would say from my experience, you know, working in a startup, so I'll, I'll give you those examples. Right. And, and, you know, okay. try and be specific there, but yeah. for, you know, for startup, there's one goal, you know, prove the model and scale. Right. So, you know, try to grow as, as fast as possible. And, and in order to do that, you need to prove the model, like whether it's a business model, whether it's a product, and usually we call it a product market fit. Right. Um, so growth is the only function. So you, you, you got to grow at all costs. And usually you don't have a lot of budget. If you're a bootstrap company, well, well there's no, you know, <laughs> there's usually very limited money uh, that right. you can work with. So yeah. it's, it's, it's extremely important. Like, you know, do not create budgets. Do not like, you know, do not strategize, you know, oh, how are you going to spend money, this and that, but go out and try make small bets, right? And, and watch it grow. Like, see what's, what's working. See what's, uh, you know, what's, 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 you know, generating revenue. Because all you need is to survive the next month and the next month and the next month, right? So I even, I even joke, like, on, from the financial perspective, it's, it's actually the SaaS model, 
SaaS financial model for small bootstrap SaaS businesses is not good. What's better is to 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 look at things on a cash basis, right? Like the the inflow and outflow. So because yeah. you, you won't survive, right? Yeah. Um, and then okay, so if if you have some seed investment and 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 money, you know what you probably want to do. You probably want to hire, you know, your first like marketing person. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to hire like a sales leader, and then probably the rest you want to outsource. And even like the, the, the bottom line fu- functions in operations, you probably want to outsource. So I think, you know, it's, it's pretty straightforward. There's not much you can, you can do with it. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if you prove uh, your, your unit economics, then you know like which channels work best and you can double down on them. Now, for, for, for a bit larger companies, I think the most important thing is chain of command. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, what I say, one person can manage four to six, or I don't know, to eight. But I, my, I'm, I'm like that traditional belief that you can manage more than six people. So uh, it's really important that the budget is re- distributed well, you know, and and so when it goes, you know, from a CFO or a CEO, and you know, from 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 a strategy perspective, it goes to I don't know, like a CRO, uh, you know, and it comes down to me, uh, a marketeer, uh, you know, I try to split the budget properly between my core functions. For instance, what do I mean by core functions? Well, core functions of my uh, of my department, uh, as I like to think of them and my team likes to think of them, is to grow, you know, to brand and to support. Um, and so that's how I would split the budget. Uh, so for brand, I do not, ne- especially 2021, I do not necessarily care to track anything. You know, uh, most of the stuff is, is you being out there where your ideal customer profiles are, uh, you know, being out there, just generating some goodwill for for the brand, and 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 you know, um, emphasizing your core beliefs and values. Uh, when it comes to growth, uh, again, I try and place smaller bets, but substantially larger than in a small startup, and you know, see how they work. See, you know, you know what what's generating revenue, what's generating bottom line. And, and depending on the strategic objective, whether I need to generate uh, uh, bottom line and, and improve the pipeline short term, you know, obviously I'm going to place bets and, and change things quickly. And if I need to do it over a long period of time, then obviously I'll uh, I let it sit there for a while and, and, and observe, you know, what's what's happening. But, you know, uh, maybe it has to do with age. Maybe it has to do with the startup background and entrepreneurial mindset. You know, all these projects that I'm working on on a side, I just like to iterate quickly. I like to get to a solution quickly, um, and I like the versioning, right? And and we'll talk about it later. But uh, you know, whether it's a product, whether it's a budget, strategy, tactic, I like versioning. Let's start with version number one. Make it super simple. Let, let it running, and then and then move forward. I'll give you another example when it comes to finance. Um, you know, um, companies usually they have a big budget, and you know. Um, when you look at the budget and then there's a tool, $50,000, $100,000, you just go and acquire it, right? My thinking is, you know, before you even acquire a tool, we should prepare a team that will that is going to implement it and execute it immediately without waiting for like three, six, even nine months to implement the software because why, why did you even purchase it, right? So just like the iteration is what matters. Um, and that's how I think of budgets. Right, right. Well, thank Thanks for sharing that, man. You, you know, you, you brought up so many like uh, super insightful points. Um, I, I want to circle back to something that you mentioned at least 
two times in the past couple of minutes. You talked about placing smaller bets. And from, mm -hmm. your, from your description, I think what interests me so much about the way you described it, it sounds to me almost like a design thinking format. Because what you're doing is you're you're con continuously iterating the process as you're going along, and you're you're doing things in sprints, right? Right, and absolutely, and and you know I, I feel, <laughs> I, mm -hmm. I I think you know we business guys and and you yeah. know marketeers and and whatnot we 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 you know borrowed this, and I'd be wrong, but I, I feel I borrowed it from from my tech teams and and, yeah. and my, my tech guys. You know, uh, basically they love doing things in you know biweekly sprints, yeah. um, and and I I just think that's that's fantastic because mm -hmm. you know. How do you how do you make marketing specific? How do you make it concrete? Well, you ship yeah. fast, right? Quite Instead of talking, spending time in meetings and brainstorming and this yeah. and that, you ship faster. And and yeah. that's you know, that's the underlying tactic, I would say. Exactly. Exactly. So you, you know, um further on to that point, um, you, you know, especially with regards to marketing efforts, um, talk to us about the importance of setting up um strategic frameworks and ideal customer profiles right so again you know it's it's for me you know i like to think of it what stage are you are you in as, a, as an organization right and and speaking of SaaS b2b um as as our topic of interest right if if you are in that early stage product market fit right your your go-to market playbook is basically to win at all costs, right? So you yes. get discount, but you, you know it yourself, yeah. right? Like, you know, yes. anything to win the business. Right. Because what you need, you need data, you need information, you need intel uh, to to refine your product and to really find that, um, you know, kind of product uh, product market fit or even go to market fit, right? So, so you know, it's, it's really important to just capture that business. Um, and so who is your ideal customer profile? Well, you're learning on the go. Like for instance, I can I can talk about um, articles, I can talk about my my side gigs uh, and projects that I'm running, uh, such as Lead Delta, et cetera. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, for, for these types of organizations, it's like, you know, if you have a one pager or you just describe your assumptions, that's good enough if you ask me. If you just right. describe an industry, you know, if you describe, um, you know, uh, the 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 winners in that industry who can w benefit the most from from your product is 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 just just enough. And usually, mm -hmm. from my experience, um, it's really useful to focus on you know B to C to B kind of approach where mm -hmm. you where you really focus on kind of more of a buyer persona than necessarily an organization, right? Right. And then and then as you move on, once you once you um, you know you understand product market fit. You know, then you can actually start creating frameworks. You know, which industries you can impact the most, and so you focus, you double down on them, but also which industries you still want to continue experimenting with, right? And there's a bunch of frameworks out there. You know, I I love the the the, the HubSpot framework. Like they have a bunch of uh, uh, interesting interesting uh, tables how how to create the profiles. But right. I think you know, well, they, well, they've got that free tool, right? Like I mean, in terms oh yeah, of buyer personas and what have you. 100%. And then there's yeah. one more interesting one, Christian, I'm not sure if you, if you heard mm -hmm. of it. It's called the value proposition design. Yes. Uh, that is, you know, 
it's a kind of model for thinking. It's it's basically, you know, it's basically what it does. You know, right. on one side you have, you know, you have a customer profile. On the other side, you have a value map. And mm. basically you start with pains, you start with with jobs that your 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 you know ideal uh, target market is trying to accomplish, and then you move on to the value map and what you're providing. Yeah. And then you know the the fit between the two is basically, you know, who you should be focusing and who are you building for, right? Um another thing, man, that's that's interesting there. Not sure you you know from your experience, like customer success. I believe once you figure out the product market fit, the immediate next next person that you need to have is customer success, because then they'll help you to to really, um, you know, they'll give you that real world example of who is really successful with your product, and how you can translate that into ICPs and then market marketing dollars spent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been my experience as well. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. We'll get back to the episode in a second. But first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? If so, book a call with Einblick Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.einblick.co for more information. You know, you touched on some things, which kind of leads into the uh, next uh, topic of discussion. And I think, uh, I, and I think I already know what your answer is going to be for this one. But um, I, I promise you, Vedran, we're not going to talk about COVID. We're not going to talk about the pandemic um, because if you want, if you want to know that stuff, you just just watch the news. Um, but Basically. what I can't, what what I can say is that, like you know, uh, short of stating the obvious, um, I think. Um, we, we've probably had like five years worth of changes within the past uh, 12 to 14 months. Um, just, just, with the, just with everything that was going on last year, right? That um, everything has changed so rapidly. And I think in, in the B2B SaaS space, obviously, um, many would argue that this is an opportune time because the, especially in the B2B space, uh, digitalization is advancing rapidly, right? right. Now, that being said, even in, in traditional B2B marketing, people are always talking about long-term planning, long-term strategic planning, you know, you plan for the year and so forth. But now a lot of people are arguing, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. A lot of people argue that because things have changed so much, it's probably more prudent for you to like do short-term planning and short-term sprints so that you can, you can like, like you said, go to market quickly, monitor the results and get the market validation quickly and iterate quickly. So what are your thoughts to that? Like uh, short-term sprints or long-term marathons? Right. And, and how, remind me of that mm -hmm. saying, um, um, how, do, how does it go and, and to, to uh, when you're not planning, you're basically planning to fail, right? Is, is, yeah, is that yeah, what yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, uh, I, I, when, when you fail, to, uh, when, when, you, when you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Basically, right. yeah. yeah. And, and so, I, I believe that, uh, and, and, and a funny fact, uh, I, was, I was talking to my wife, my mom used to tell me, you continuously, you know, you're planning, you're plotting something, like, stop planning. You know? but, and, and, you plotting. know, I, I, yeah, I feel, I feel that that did well, you know, and mm. in my, I did well with that in my case. But uh, yeah. so I believe in planning, man. And, and yeah. honestly, like, even like with all these, there's, okay, there's, there are clear signals, I believe, and there's a ton of noise. 
So and if you turn off your notifications, if you if you you know turn off your suggested news and apps, and, and if you do that due diligence, and then you start thinking about what's happening because you already have a ton of information. I I, I keep joking, you know. There's you know it's yeah. It's, it's it's a, there's a ton of information there out there uh, and and you know just just focusing on you know what are your what is your best guess mm-hmm. where where are we headed in the industry you know that's your expertise obviously if you're leading uh, leading a company in a certain sure. industry you probably know a lot about it mm-hmm. you know then you you're, you're talking to customers all the time and you see what's going on like you yeah. can you can play some bets for instance like we can say that you know uh, either you know Bitcoin is going to be a thing or it's not going to be a thing. There's a lot of SaaS companies that are investing portions of their wealth um, into Bitcoin, right? And I'm, I don't even want to go into mechanisms of how they do it. And it's just like a lot of things, you know, I just don't like yeah. it. That, that's, it's an entirely, that's an it's entirely an, different interview. <laughs> exactly. But I yeah. think we can all agree that there's more decentralization coming. Yes. Whether it comes to money or um, um, administration or, or or businesses, right? Like yeah. more and more people will be, um, yeah. Well, they like to see mercenaries. Well, you can call it that way. Call it whatever you want. But mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of people are going to be like, you know, self-made. They're gonna they're gonna, yeah. they're gonna yeah. come together for a mission, and then they'll go, you know, chillax in Bali, and then they're gonna go and you know do another mission and another mission, etc. So. Thinking, look, you know, that's that's the workforce part. The first part I was talking about money, right? The, the the third thing is, you know, where's the software headed? Like, there's more integration, there's more intelligence. So, based on all these factors, um, you can plan for something, for some outcome, and then you you fix that plan or a vision in the short term, um, and your teams. So your tactical level, that's that strategy, right? So your tactical and operational level, uh, you basically try and run short-term sprints, like I said, because otherwise you won't get anything done. So, um, and you get to try more things, you get to place more bets. Right. And so, you know, only teams that ship will learn fast and mm-hmm. generate results. But yeah. the, the person steering the ship, so the strategic level, yeah. in my mind, should be looking at those factors that are, you know, de facto truth you know like or a fact so um so yeah that's you know so i think both you know there's a strategic level should look you know what's going to happen within a few years because it's 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 not not unclear man like it's you know there are signals yeah if you if you remove the noise um and um and yeah for the rest short-term sprints man right right um I, I, yeah, I think the um, the expression in English is the writings on the wall, right? So, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that, that that was a great answer, and 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 in fact, it brings to mind a um, uh, something um, this uh, gentleman uh, mentioned uh, that I also had the, the the pleasure of interviewing, and he he didn't coin the phrase, but it's a commonly used uh, phrase in his area of expertise, which happens to be blockchain, and he. Um, <laughs> He mentioned he mentioned the term monarchies and militia. Right? Okay. So basically, yeah. it's it's pretty much like just you know the things that you've been describing in the past couple of minutes. It it kind of goes back to that monarchies and militia kind of situation because obviously the monarchy being monarchies being the the establishment or the bigger corporations right. and, and the militia being these like smaller um these smaller bootstrap ambitious um firms like you know in this in this particular case it's like you know these B two B SaaS companies right. So right. there's been more opportunity now than ever before for them to, you know, um, 
to to chase those um you know to chase those uh those ambitions those goals those those um opportunities um that have opened up so um yeah so <laughs> really interesting uh, really interesting that you brought that up <laughs> it's it's hard to turn a blind eye to that i mean it's yeah. it's, it's it's happening and you as a leader you you know mm-hmm. you got to act absolutely absolutely so we've We've talked about this a little bit already, but like, you know, just talk to us about some of the changes to the landscape um, that you've seen as a result of the pandemic and how have these changes affected, you know, your your organization and the way that right. you work and interact with your team. Right. Uh, and, and you know, uh, I, I'm probably not the best person to answer that question because okay. I work maybe in like two or three offices in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, other than that, it was it was fully remote. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, last time that was a, it was a jammed office was in Austria, and then mm-hmm. then after that, uh, I, I guess uh, it was in Canada in Toronto. But yeah. um, hey, I, I um, hey, but managing teams remotely is is a very sought after <laughs> skill, my friend. Oh, there you go. There you go. So, you know, if everything else fail, you know, yeah. I'll consult in the area. Anyways, <laughs> so in November 2019, just, yeah. just you know, brief story, we actually went full remote with AutoClose. Uh, okay. So we're bullish on the ability of our team to organize and work, um, you know, remote. And, and you know, we just, we, we canceled our lease and, uh, you know, ever since we, we've been remote and then during the, um, the acquisition, and then that's, that's actually a funny story, you know, the, the whole negotiation and everything was done during the pandemic. So, you know, you can imagine wow. that was also a little bit weird for everyone, yeah. but, um, but, you know, once, once we got acquired, our, our parent company, Vanilla Soft, um, you know, was also deep into working remotely because it was 2020, right? And and so the tools were in place, and it almost for us it was a natural uh, natural transition um, into into you know just another bigger organization. And uh, for sure, you know, there are struggles because people are different, you know. And and you know, and interestingly enough, I think for for salespeople, and and probably we're going to touch upon that later. But for for salespeople, for marketing people, for you know, extrovert type of functions. So to speak, you know, they might be missing that gong in the office, you know, that, you know, um, you know, chat with a colleague and, and whatnot. So trying to mimic yeah. some of that in yes. an online world using the online tools would probably help. Yeah. And, um, and you know, I, I, I personally hope that, um, you know, people have the, the option to choose. Mm-hmm. So let's say, you know, if you have a, if you have an office, you know, turn it into a nice looking headquarters where people can, you know, come for a few weeks and work from there, mm-hmm. you know, or if there's a brainstorming or a meeting, have like important meeting taking place, you know, you can, you can retreat there and work together for a few days. But I think not a single, like most companies should not limit their workforce, um, you know, to, to kind of work remotely and, and, uh, yeah, uh, and yeah. pandemic just, you know, added, kick it a little bit about you know by a few nudges so yeah, yeah. exactly no I th- I, I, yeah no it's, it's 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 funny that you mentioned that like um it's those um especially the extroverted people um, they're probably missing those uh, they call them here water cooler conversations yes <laughs> so, or, or 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 the pantry chat right exactly so it's, like, it's going you know when you're going to refill your cup and you stop uh, you stop and do a little bit of small talk and uh and I mean, I can imagine, um, maybe not necessarily in the SaaS space, but in other B two B functions, you know, it's that yeah. whole, that whole experience of people going to, you know, physically going to seminars or summits, um, uh, you know, in the tech space in, in in the U.S., for example, going to Las Vegas for a trade show. I mean, all of those things have shut down, right? And, Correct. And who knows if that's ever coming back? But you know, in the meantime, um, you know, switching to 
you, you know, the, I, I think at the moment, the only really plausible option is to find the digital means to not necessarily replicate the same experience, but how can you as right. a salesperson, as a marketing person, do that same outreach that you used to do in person, um, perhaps even on a larger scale digitally. But l let me give you an example here. Yeah. Um, there's, um, there's, you know, I, I like the, when I think about innovation, mm -hmm. I, I think about kids and, you know, uh, the younger generations. And so, you, you know, you look at them, they spend times on screens and, you know, and, and, and it's, it's, it's a weird thing to me, like, you know, not to, not, not to be outside, you know, not to go to concerts, games or whatnot, but, you know, to, to a newer generation that that's like, yeah, you know, they listen to a concert over Zoom or whatever other platform. Uh, and I heard that example a couple of times uh, being uh, brought up by, by by fathers that, you know, that I follow in the, the podcast space and whatnot. And I was like, hmm, interesting, right? So yeah. uh, I, I think, I think new products will emerge, uh, new kind of multiplayer peers or sales mode and communities will emerge um, to, to, to fill that void or, or need, right? And, you know, and for sure, there'll be, there'll be uh, you know, our generation is going to probably crave something else and there'll be like some niche conferences and, and large conferences and whatnot. But I think, you know, there's now space for, for something new to emerge. And we're seeing that across the board. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's interesting that you talk about like these, these future trends and predictions, because that was the next thing I was going to ask you. If we were, if we were looking at, I wouldn't even say, let, let's not do the whole like looking, uh, you know, 10 years down the line. Um, let's just talk about like in the next two to three years, where do you think all of this is going to go? Um, so, so first things first, like, related to, to, to your previous question, and, and, mm. and where the, the, the communication uh, yeah. Direct communication went. I think community, um, you know, if we're talking B two B SaaS marketing, yeah. community is a big thing, right? Yes. And, and we see that, you know, with the recent acquisition of um, Hustle, right? By 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 um, by HubSpot. HubSpot. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's there's that, right? So before uh, we had, um, um, you know, uh, growth hackers or indie hackers acquired by. Um, um, by Stripe. So there's a lot of these examples, right? So it, it seems that community is, 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 is more important than ever. Now, look at it from the partnership perspective. So a few years ago, if I told you, dude, let's, let's hook up our Salesforce um, CRMs, you know, into a platform and just share accounts and whatnot, you'd be like, no, dude, like you're just going to steal my contacts or whatever, right? Exactly. But now you have Crossbeam, right? And people yeah. do that willingly, even though they <laughs> still don't have a business model, right? Mm. And, you know, maybe or probably they're not like doing the A option, which is, you know, stealing your data, but they're for sure doing something with your data. And like, but no one cares because we are totally in a different, um, you know, at a different stage of transparency and kind of working together and coming together. So I think that community marketing is more important than ever. So then look at, um, you know, um, you know, look at these platforms where salespeople get to hang out like um, uh, Bravado or whatever the name is. Like there's a couple of these platforms where salespeople come to trade information or to like, uh, you know, find products or yeah. I don't even know what the specification of product yeah. is. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like, there's more and more of that community marketing. Yes. And so, um, so I think that is that is a big trend that we're going to keep on seeing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's there's a lot of these online events. Uh, mm -hmm. Not sure where this is going. I, I think 
more than ever, the quality will matter uh, yeah. because like a lot of people can produce. It's so cheap to produce, right? I have a, yeah. a perfect lighting. I have a good mic. I have 4K camera. Boom, there, off you go, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, we, we placed a, a lot of bets and, and, and a ton of dollars in our own studio here at Vanilla Soft. So, you know, I feel that, you know, marketeers will plan even more uh, asynchronous events throughout the year that, uh, you know, that, that will kind of make sense for their audiences. So I think that that's definitely a trend. Like it's a no-brainer trend, right? Like everything is moving online. Um, and even um, you know, just to give you an insider information, when I'm, when I'm talking to, to these different vendors, like most of them are bullish that towards the end of the year, there's going to be a live conference. And, and, and let me make a prediction here. If that actually happens, so if, if, if we, you know, yeah. have the opportunity to organize uh, a live conference. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be huge because a lot of emotions, a lot of, it's just like, you know, people of a certain profession coming again together. I think whoever placed their bets on that will, will win. But also, um, you know, I'm trying to be rational as well and mm -hmm. saying, you know, that if that doesn't happen, then those that bet on online conferences and split their budgets there yeah. would, would, would win. So, yeah. So, you know, Another thing, you know, another thing that I that I feel is 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 a big thing is is a real time edutainment. So um, look around. There's more and more real time tools coming up. There's more and more real time shows, and especially here in North America, like you know, in Europe, I feel sometimes people don't even understand that they they find it foolish. And quite yeah. frankly, for me, sometimes yeah. it's really hard to wrap my hand around it. I've been mm -hmm. here for like four years, but like sometimes it's just like <laughs> too much for me. Yeah. But there's that real time edutainment where. Mm -hmm people pay more focus to entertainment than anything else. So yeah. that's another way for people to get together and, you know, bringing the pop culture elements into your emails, into mm -hmm. your, instead of playing personalization, into your webinars, into your YouTube mm -hmm. channels and doing things mm -hmm. in front of everyone else, I think is a big, big win mm -hmm. in the next couple of years. What about, I mean, that's interesting that you brought that up. Well, what about like uh, uh, slightly different to entertainment, like the gamification? Do you see any of that happening? Um, I, I, you know, I definitely think that um, gamification was uh, a big buzzword in 2016, 17, 18. And for okay. some reason, because of the inability to implement, mm -hmm. I think it's just we, 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 we went with an A option. A, an A option is always the easiest. So yeah. oh, let's build something into our tools that's going to gamify. Let's do with the boards, yeah. this yeah. and that. So, and then that didn't work. And now mm -hmm. everyone's like, ah, gamification sucks. But I think exactly <laughs> what you're saying, gamification yeah. paired with, you know, what I heard the other day from, mm -hmm. from, from, from a Kyle, um, uh, a guy that I just met online, an amazing, amazing dude. Um, and it worked for Google for a while. And, you know, mm -hmm. we had a quick chat. So he mentioned that multiplayer sales mode. I think mm. gamification and some sort of information sharing in, yeah. in, in the gamified experience, I think is a, is a it, it's, it's still like um, pretty much a big trend. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a gamification expert, but at least from what I've seen and from some of the <laughs> campaigns that I've been involved with, I think that it's still a relatively untapped uh, space in uh, in B2B. I mean, I know there are some companies out there that have dabbled in it, but I don't think it's actually reached its full potential yet. No, I, I, I do tend to agree with that. Um, yeah. and, and one other thing that I noticed in the last couple of months, mm -hmm. take a look at the... Um, I call it a market marketing of fairness. Right. Uh, there's a there's a new breed of tools 
that are pushing, and it's particularly SaaS, SaaS companies 2.0, as they call them, uh, the, the, the Twilio's and Stripes of the world. Um, so if you look at, there's a new usage-based price and they started with it, but now, for instance, HubSpot made a move. I'm not sure exactly when. I found about it like a few weeks ago, but apparently there's there's like you know it, it's been announced like uh, it's been it's been a few months. Yeah. So they're all moving to a more fair kind of Slack alike usage based pricing, mm. which which I kind of which I kind of like to call marketing fairness. Um, right. um, it, it's just it, it seems right uh, mm-hmm. in, in in 2021, and I think a lot of companies will be moving towards that in their campaigning, in their product pricing and product marketing in general. Mm, mm, mm. That's a, that's a, that's a definitely an interesting um, observation. It's almost as if it's like a bit of a natural evolution. Like, you know, it's just the way that the way that the market is behaving that, you know, these, these trends are, are, are kind of like heading in that direction. Oh yeah. 100%. Right. So, but Ron, this is, one of my favorite parts of the interview because it's always, um, you know, th- there's always like a very um, interesting, different and passionate answer that comes out of this question. <laughs> um, commonly held beliefs, conventional wisdom. So every area of expertise has one. So obviously B2B SaaS marketing is no exception. So just um, with, with regards to this, especially when it comes to managing teams and budgets for B2B SaaS marketing, Talk to us right. about one of these commonly held beliefs that you strongly disagree with and why. Um, I, so there's, you know, I try to be as methodical as possible and, yeah. uh, and, you know, obviously combining that with, with, uh, you know, creative nature of marketing. Sure. Uh, but one thing that I, um, you know, especially in the companies that, you know, have their path and they, they know their objectives. There's one thing that I feel is, is kind of, ruining marketing teams uh well even like every team you know there, there's this okay let's let's start with this there's there, in development you know they like to say you know set up a requirement and do not change it right let us let us execute yeah. <laughs> like you know in that one sprint right two week sprint and yeah. you know let's get it done and then we can tweak it and, and whatnot yeah. but yeah. um and, and there's the same thing in marketing oh there's this new hot thing did you see like xyz you know company doing that Oh, we got to do that too. And then you're like, well, what with all these other priorities that we already prioritized and, you know, we're working towards and, oh, no, 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 we got to do this. Right. And that's noise versus signal that I keep talking about. There's usually a ton of noise there. Uh, and as individuals, by all means, go and test it, play with it, like start a new small project, etc. That's going to help you become a better professional and serve better your team and your company. But as a company, you gotta be uh, focused, and you know you gotta cut through the noise. And 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 the only way to do that is to say no a lot of times. Um, and and you know I, I just think like that new hot thing. You gotta be the first, right? Is is like, is is just not even uh, you know um, grounded in numbers because we know that a ton of first movers are never the winners. Um, I think um, what's his name. Um, uh, the popular psychologist, uh, Grant, Grant, um, what's his last name? Um, forgot. Um, uh, anyways, mm-hmm. he keeps talking about it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, he proved it, uh, scientifically that, you know, yeah. it's the first mover advantage is, you know, is not really advantage mm-hmm. in most cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
No, that's a that, that, that's um that's incredible advice, man. And I think uh, you know, no, I I I couldn't agree with that more. Um, yeah, it certainly is noise versus signal, or um, the term that a lot of uh, guys in the B two B marketing space like to use is this uh, shiny object syndrome, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's exactly <laughs> yeah. like what you said. Hey, check it out. It's like this platform or this software or this app. This is definitely going to help us. This is a or or, yeah. or or the or this overused term. Uh, it's a game changer, man. It's going to be. But a game- <laughs> exactly, and and then then you know you bring that to your team every three yeah. days, and then they start hating you. And yeah. and here's my alternative, you know, not to be negative about it. Here's mm. my alternative: encourage your teammates to have hobbies, to have you know uh, professionally related gigs and projects and yeah. things that they're working on, and support those. Because, yeah. you know, if they succeeded it and they, they go their way, perfect, like good for them. You know, you supported them. You're still going to, you know, remain friends. You're going to build something great together. Mm-hmm. If they stay, in most cases, they will, they will have a new skill to contribute to your company, to your team, to your brand. And, you know, they'll be the ones to prioritize, to help you prioritize and implement that, that yeah. new thing. Right? So, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you know, it, it, um, I, I'm reminded of this, um, this old analogy, and I think it's not just applicable to B2B marketing. I think it's, it's applicable to leadership in general. You have right. to sometimes compare yourself to the captain of a ship, right? So right. The, the, and, and, and uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that you go down when the ship sinks. Uh, that's not what I mean. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean <laughs> I mean that it's the captain's job to make sure that the vessel stays on course, right? So when, when everybody else is distracted by what whatever whatever it is, right? So in in in, in the marketing context, the um, you know the shiny objects and what have you, it's the right. captain's job to say, okay, guys, this was our this is our goal. We've got to stick to it. We got to stay focused. It's like what you said. Just you know, you have Absolutely. to learn how to push back and say, no, we're not doing that. Or or we go and test it first before we implement it, like you know, completely. I love when my guys come back to me, you know, and they say like, this is what we tried. This is what we think and whatnot. Mm. And then you as a captain, you know, having all this information, yeah. you know, like you, you go and you, you, you help make a decision. So that's, yeah. Love Absolutely. it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You know, Vedran, you've, um, you know, you've shared um, so many valuable insights with us in the past couple of minutes and, you know, your, your experiences over the years. And now this is the part where you get to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. <laughs> That's that's the part, right? Yes. Um, look, man, I, I shall hope so. I hope that, uh, you know, we, we've shared some interesting ideas and, you know, it seems that may, maybe you want to be a, maybe you want to do a Joe Rogan type of thing, you know, and mm. go into two hours or something like yeah. with your guests. Uh, no, uh, you know, it's, it's, I, you know, veteran Rasek, you know, I, I came, came to Canada four years ago, uh, you know, uh, to, to search for, for kind of more, uh, entrepreneurial gigs and, and kind of to build things and ship things uh, because it's just a, it's much bigger market. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I went from, uh, you know, a typical R&D agency studio where you build products to mm-hmm. um, running a first startup that failed to, you know, running a second startup that succeeded and we sold. Uh, now I'm, you know, placing those little bets that I keep talking yeah. about. So, yes. you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm running this little project called Lead Delta. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I have, I have folks, uh, you know, running the project with me. And, and as a full time, I'm, I'm serving as a director of marketing at Vanilla Soft. Um, uh, one of the top five sales engagement platforms out there in the B2B space. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I like to, uh, I like to meet and talk to interesting people such as you, Christian. So that's, oh, thank uh, you. <laughs> there you go. Boom. There you go. No, amazing. Uh, and, you know, Vedran, once again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing. This has been such a great session. Um, 
What's the best way for people out there to connect with you? Um, well, you know, just just Google. I, I bet there's not a lot of veterans out there, especially here <laughs> across the pond. So I think Twitter, you know, veteran Rasik Twitter handle is is good, and you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, so uh, I'm happy happy to connect. Fantastic, Vedran. This has been such an insightful and uh, interesting uh, session or and, and conversation as always, my friend. So thanks again for your time. As always, thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. All right, take care, stay safe, and uh, talk to you soon. Bye for now. Talk soon. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at Einblick, please visit our website at www.einblick.co and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.